So Psalm 141, the Bible says this. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. You may have the uh, King James, traditional King James, or you may have the non-inspired version or a different version. Uh, I know my wife's shaking her head. The NIV, I read from the NIV too, but, uh, uh, but we'll get to the same place together. Amen. The Bible says, Lord, I cry out to you. This is a Psalm of David. He said, make haste to me. Please hear me and come quickly. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. And then he says this. He says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity, and do not let me eat of their delicacies. I want to talk to you this morning a little bit about taming our tongue. Taming our tongue. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout, I need to tame my tongue. You know, as Christians, very often... There are things and principles that we grab on to, uh, but we often hamstring ourselves with sometimes egregious and panoptic uh, beliefs and principles uh, that we, we hear one time and, and they're, they're mostly scripture, but how many know when something's mostly scripture, it's not scripture? Come on now. And so what I want to discuss this morning, I want to discuss it from a scriptural point of view. Come on. And the reason why I say that is because we're talking about our confession. We're talking about specifically taming our tongue because it really sets our course for our life. Come on. And I say that sometimes we hamstring ourselves as Christians because I've seen it so often where Christians hear a sermon or they read a scripture and then all of a sudden we don't read anymore. We just begin to speak that and uh, everything just becomes that and, and it becomes a mountain. And instead of digging in and studying to show ourselves approved and finding out the context and what God wants us to really study and, and find out really what God wants us to get out of it, we just start speaking it. We just start, I'm blessed and highly favored. And may be true, but we don't understand why. We don't understand why. And I say that we hamstring ourselves sometimes because when you talk about confession, what we speak, we must admit, come on now, we've all said some things uh, that we wish we could take back. Come on, I mean, maybe it's just me or a couple of us, but I know some of us have said some things in life where we wish we could take that back. Or we say, I wish I hadn't said that. And so what I want to start off with today is the fact that because you said something once or a, there's a one-time statement, it doesn't mean now that your life is doomed, your life is over, you spoke that thing out there and now nothing can be done about it. Guess what? We can fix it. You know, I like telling uh, young people uh, that everything is fixable and everything is figureoutable. I know you might have got dug yourself in a hole. You might have got yourself, uh, you know, deep. You might have stepped in it. But guess what? It's figure-outable. Your life is not over. We can start today and go forward, okay? 
And so we must understand that I'm not talking about a one-time statement. For example, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, well, your, your sugar's a little high. And you come home, and your wife says, what did the doctor say? Well, you're not going to lie to your wife and say, well, the doctor said uh, I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not what the doctor said. It's what the Word of God says, and it's what you should say. But because you tell your wife what the doctor said, uh, that's one thing. But the, prob the issue is where do we go? How do we live our life? That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to get us to understand that we need to live our life in a godly way. Come on. It's about how we live. It's about where our focus is. Somebody say focus. This is a year for us, Life Church, a year of focus. We need to focus in. And this is one of the areas we need to focus in on, taming our tongue. I know what you may have said yesterday, but look, we can read some scripture and we can refocus to get in line with the word of God going forward. Come on. We, we carelessly throw around words sometimes. Come on. We don't even realize what we're saying. And when we do that, just like anything else, it begins to form habits in our life. You say something one time, and now all of a sudden you say it again, and then all of a sudden it's just a habit. You begin to talk like that and speak like that without even realizing that those are the words that you're saying. And we need to understand that those habits can lead to demise in many areas of our life. Speaking habits can also lead to success in many areas of our life. Here's what I believe that God wants us to do, saints is he, God, you know, God loves miracles. I, I believe that. God loves miracles. But if you're a person that lives from miracle to miracle, then I do not believe that you understand God's will and plan for your life. Because after reading all of the word of God, I believe that God does not want us to live miracle to miracle. Do you know that most miracles, for a miracle to occur, there usually has to be a tragedy? Come on. And so if you're living from miracle to miracle, that means you're living from tragedy to tragedy. Come on, somebody. And who wants to live like that? God certainly doesn't want you to live that way. But what God does want you, it doesn't mean God's never going to do a miracle. Listen, if you need a miracle in your life, ask God. God is willing and able to do a miracle. And then once he does the miracle, he's willing and able to teach you now how to fish. Come on. But it's not like he'll turn his back on you. So ask if you need a miracle. But what God wants you to live in is the blessing, his blessing. And you may say, well, a miracle is a blessing. Maybe so, but let me just give you the difference if you study Scripture in a miracle and a blessing. See, a miracle is something that's produced by a special intervention of God, all right, transcending the normal order of things, usually, uh, you know, termed the law of nature. It transcends the law of nature. That's what a miracle is. All right, in other words, a miracle is a suspension of natural law. 
Now, I've seen it and I've read where places where people have said, well, no, a miracle uses natural law because you, you must understand that, uh, for example, with, with the Red Sea, if you read that uh, around Exodus, uh, maybe chapter 5 or 6 or 7, it says that uh, when Moses raised his staff, that God used an east wind. So a, a wind is natural, and uh, it's, it, it, it split the sea. But I want to tell you something. A wind is natural, and a sea is natural, but it's not natural for a wind to split the sea. We're talking about a sea. We're not talking about a creek. We're not talking about the White River. We're talking about a sea. Come on, somebody. And even if you have a Category 4 hurricane, it'll throw the water around. It'll be a terrible uh, storm. But to split the sea so that there's dry ground, I would say that's a suspension of natural law. Come on. That's something supernatural. But now a blessing. A blessing is the favor of God spoken on your life. Come on. That's what the blessing is. And the blessing, it's not uh, an asset. It's not a thing. Those are simply the results of blessings. All right? But the blessing is the actual favor that God has spoken over your life. And that's what God wants you to walk in. Not just miracles. Come on now. When God speaks something, we can count on it. Hebrews 1.3 says that he upholds all things by his word. Do you know the universe is held up by his word? If God's word were to come back void, the universe would just be destroyed because it's held up by his word. So I believe that when he speaks it, uh, you can count on it. That's how strong God's word is. So then if we believe that and we amen that, why then do we constantly, come on, hamstring ourselves <laughs> and why do we constantly speak words that curse others and ourselves sometimes we don't realize I'm not calling any names and I'm not uh, listen I'm not here to uh, uh, you know down you in any way because I as I always say I'm looking in the mirror come on now <laughs> but why do we do that why do we do it where is our focus God's word is true and God's word is unshakable. I'd rather speak that than speak what I feel and what I think. And I guarantee you, if you begin to speak the God's, God's word over your life, your life will change. I don't care where you are in life, your life will change. I mean, circumstance, the devil won't. He'll still, and I'm not giving him credit, but he, he'll still throw things at you. But when, you, when you're armed with the word of God, come on, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, there is nothing that can defeat you. There is nothing that can defeat you. Now understand, understand this. Uh, this is not lying about your situation. We're not talking about lying. If, you, if your leg hurts, we're not talking about lying and telling someone your leg doesn't hurt. But what we're talking about is focus. Where are you focused? Are you focused on your circumstances or are you focused on God's healing, God's provision? Come on. Where are you focused? Instead of speaking what your bank account says or what the doctor says over and over, come on. Like I said, I can understand. You go to the doctor, you get home, your wife want to know, she's going to want to know. I can't tell her something different. But now where do we go from here? What are we going to start speaking? That's what the doctor said. But now what are we going to start speaking? Where are we going from here? <laughs> the only way that we're going to develop a good habit of speaking the right thing on a consistent basis 
is to tame our tongue. That's why David said here, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Because we've gotten into habits of saying things. Come on. We just say them and we use words all the time. Let me give you some, some scriptures. I'm scripture heavy this morning. Let me give you some scriptures. 1 Peter 3.10 says this. It says, for he who would love life and see good days... Let him, what, refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. You want to live a long life? Watch your tongue. Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always. What time is always? Is that Monday? Is that 4.30 Wednesday? Always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Ephesians 4.29, let no, 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 no corrupt word, Michael, proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, even to yourself, come on, edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Do you hear yourself when you talk? My mother used to say that. Do you hear yourself right now? <laughs> You might be listening, but do you hear yourself? <laughs> Look in the mirror and say, do you hear yourself right now? Matthew 15, 11, Not what goes into the mouth, Jesus said it, that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth is what defiles a man. Proverbs 21, 23, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from troubles. If your soul is in trouble, maybe you might look back and see what you've been saying. What have you been speaking? Proverbs 15, 4. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life. Life, life. Oh, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Sticks and stones. They break my bones. And words do hurt me. And then what we've already said, Proverbs 18 Watch what he says here. It says, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Your stomach will be satisfied from the fruit of your mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Why? You know it. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not in the power of Satan. Not in the power of someone else, but in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. In our Western culture, we violate words all the time. And, and I want to tell you this morning, don't be taken captive by negative words in your mouth. Don't be taken captive by these things. Proverbs 6, 2 says, you are snared by the words of your mouth, and you are taken by the words of your mouth. You snare your own self sometimes. By what you're saying, there is power in what you speak. And what we're talking about this morning is not just, uh, you know, positive thinking or just a positive confession. <laughs> because you, language is a tool. Language is a tool that's used to communicate. One of the synonyms of communicate is to admit or to bring to light. We bring to light those things. We put them right before us. 
And if you're focused on your circumstances, again, what are you focused on? If you're focused on your circumstances and you keep speaking that, you keep speaking it and you keep speaking it, you just bring it to light right before you. And that's what you're focused on. That's where you are. Catch 22. You're going to stay in that set because you keep speaking it and it's right before you. You see it, you keep speaking it, and it's right before you. What's going to change? This has to change first, and this has to change for that to change. Come on. When you, when you speak something, you actually bring it to light or reveal it. Now, listen, of course, uh, Ephesians 5.11 says that we're supposed to expose sin. Now, if it's sin, all right, or an evil deed, of course, we expose that thing. But listen, if it's a circumstance in your life, it's, it's already there. Why do you keep talking about it? You know, one of the things, and I, I apologize. I hope I don't offend anybody here if you feel like, you know, this has been you and me and our relationship. But one of the things that I, I really, even growing up as a kid, I really kind of hated to be around people who just complained all the time. And, I mean, even with stuff that's true, I know it's true. But doggone, we, didn't, we said it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I already know it's true. I, I mean, I know. You're going to keep saying it? <laughs> Where do we go from here? Is this our life? <laughs> this is your life. <laughs> but it's important to speak, not just a positive confession, not just positive thinking. It, it, it has to be something that comes out of our mouth. That's what I want to uh, really reiterate to you this morning. You can't just sit at home and think good thoughts. You start there. But you can't just think good thoughts. Oh, Proverbs, I mean, Philippians 4, 8, just think on me. That's all I'm going to do. I'm not going to say anything to anybody. I'm just thinking. What you doing? I'm thinking, meditating, thinking. I'm at a higher place. Don't, I'm thinking. You're going to be right there on the couch when Jesus comes, thinking. <laughs> Circumstances still the same. You start thinking, but now, listen, you can't even get into heaven without saying something out of your mouth. You can't get there. Your name will not be written in the Lamb's book of life according to Romans 10 and 9. Listen, Romans 10, 10 says, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. With the mouth, we must confess something. I mean, some are embarrassed to come to the altar. Some, well, you know, I don't want people to listen. Uh, God said, don't be embarrassed. You don't want me to be embarrassed for you. It's got to come out of your mouth. And to confess it means to agree, to promise, to admit, to admit. It's got to come from your mouth. What you confess in many cases, listen, here, here's the thing with it. What you confess in many cases are, are like seeds being planted. You confess it, it's like a seed being planted. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that, you know, when we talk about miracles and when we talk about living in the blessing, here's the difference. A lot of us, well, I won't say a lot of us, many people will wait until Friday and the rent is due on Monday and they realize they don't have the money and then they want to go plant a seed. They go to Friday night service. And, and give $100 in the offering because they heard Jesse Duplantis or Kenneth Copeland or someone, you know, talk about seed time and harvest. And they plant it on Friday, uh, which is true, but they plant it on Friday. You can't expect on Monday to get a hundredfold return or whatever it is that God's going to, uh, you know, your miracle. You, you can't expect your blessing to come on Monday unless God does a miracle. Then it truly will be a miracle. But when you're talking about planting a seed, 
Remember in Genesis, he said what? As long as the earth remains, there will be what? One more time. What will there be? And I look at it more like this. Seed time and harvest. There's a time for everything under the sun. Even in the natural, we plant. We're planting now. Come on, farmers are planting now. But you know, a farmer's not planting today on Sunday. And he's not going to go out there Tuesday and say, where the heck is my corn? What is going on? I mean, where's the corn? Knee high by the 4th of July. That's what I heard in the Midwest. You, we got to, you know, it's, you plant it, you got to water it, and, it's, you, and you get a harvest at harvest time. So you can expect a miracle in those situations, but don't expect to plant a seed today. Come on. And tomorrow, get the harvest. The things that you are going through today in your life are, are the harvest of seeds that you planted last year. What you're getting this spring is what you said last fall and last July and maybe two years ago. Those things begin to come to pass. So that's why I say, listen, if you said some things in the past and, and, you, and you're reaping a harvest, listen, don't worry, don't fret, don't, don't, don't fall off the wagon. It's, you, it's, just like, it's just like losing weight, you know, going on a diet and all those kind of things. Uh, you had some ice cream last night, now you feel all depressed, so you're going to have some more today. Might as well. Is it? It's almost gone anyway. That's right. Ours is almost gone. I was about to eat it. It's almost gone anyway. You start, give, you start making up all, well, it's almost gone. You know what I'm talking about, Jared. We've, we've been through this. It's almost gone. Might as well just go on and eat it. I might as well just go to Chick-fil-A. Can't today. It's Sunday. Got to go to Subway. Might as well just, uh, you know, go ahead and do whatever it is. You fall off the wagon. Don't fall off the wagon. Get back up. A righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up how many? Every time, not just seven, every single time, get back up and start speaking for your harvest for tomorrow. Start planting seeds today that your harvest tomorrow will come to pass. Come on. And, but here, and here's the thing about it. See, here's what I think scares people sometimes with this, with this message sometimes is that, uh, you know, we, we think, oh, well, I just say something, and, you know, magically. Uh, you know, money cometh, Cadillac, 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 and then all of a sudden I say it four times and it shows up. And this, you, listen, our relationship with God is not magic. There's no magic. There's not a magical thing in it. I told you, if you, you want to live from miracle to miracle, that's you. But live in the favor of God. And it, the, the beautiful thing about it is, is we don't make up our own blessings. God already knows what you need, and he gives you the desires of your heart so that he can give you the desires of your heart. And we'll just talk about in just a second, uh, you know, how to get into that. But we don't make up our own blessings. James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from where? I'm not making it up. I, it doesn't come from the bank. I, I, it's not just, the, it comes from the Father. It comes from above, the Father of lights. If you, listen, here's the thing. If you make up your own blessing, you might be speaking a curse disguised as a blessing. Come on. You might be praying for, uh, you know, Cadillac, 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 but you don't have any Cadillac fix-it-up money. And so you might be able to put some gas in it, but when the alternator on the Cadillac goes out and you take it to the dealer and they say it's going to be $679 to look at it and then $1,249 to get an alternator, uh, oh, now you want me to, to change it too? Now to change it, that's going to be an extra $432. All right, so what, what do you speak? But listen, if it's God's word, if you're in God's word 
And God says, I am going to bless you, bless you with the Cadillac. It, listen, the favor of God will be on you. The repairs won't be of any concern. The gas won't be of any concern because you're in God's word and you're speaking God's word. You see, it's not about the thing. You're trying to, don't, don't, don't think that I'm trying to say you shouldn't have a Cadillac or whatever it is that you want to have. I'm talking about your focus has to be on the word of God. And the blessings and the favor, you know, God is able to do that. That's nothing for him. Your God owns cattle on a thousand hills and all the other scriptural cliches that you want to use. God, the earth is his footstool. When he breathed, stars came out. We're talking about the almighty God who created your enemy. Come on, somebody. He created Satan. He's not scared of him. And so, uh, you know, God is well able to do all of those things. But what, what, remember we had our series, Live to Give. I hope you got something out of that. And I, this is a test right now. Out of, out, of that, out of that series, what does God want from you? Does he want your money? What does he want from you? Heart. Wow, somebody was listening. All right. God wants your heart. He wants your heart. If he can have that, he's, he's, he, he, and he wants to bless you. Why would a, a father not want to bless his child? That's an evil father. Come on. But God's a good God. He wants to bless you. But we must speak the word of God. That's the difference. Don't just make up stuff. Speak the word of God. Jesus said in John 12, 49, I have not spoken by my own power. The Father who sent me has told me what to say and what to speak. See, you're either going to, you're either going to confess God's word or the circumstances. Your confession must be the word of God. And in that situation, you're either going to confess his word or you're going to confess your circumstances. Where is your focus is the question. Where is your focus? When you're faced with your circumstances and you have to move forward, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to say, well, where's the scripture that, that addresses this? Or you're just going to keep saying, uh, I don't have any money. 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 Guess what? You don't have any money. And you're not going to have any money. <laughs> you're not going to have any money. The other thing, by the way, let me just throw this in while we're talking about money, is uh, the fact that, you know, so many of us, here's, here's the other problem with, with living, trying to live miracle to miracle. See, God wants to bless you, but he wants you to put your hand to something. It was kind of like God saying, uh, you, you run to God, well, God, I, you know, I don't have any money, I need to pay my rent. And God's saying, well, what, what seeds have you planted? What have you been speaking over your life? Or have you been, have you been in relationship with me? Uh, I can't remember, but uh, did you pray last week? Uh, you know, did you, did you speak my word? What, so, what seeds have you sown? Uh, have you, do you tithe? Uh, come on now. Uh, or do you give? Are you a giver? Uh, he asks, you, you're not giving God anything to bless. Nothing to work with. You're not giving him anything to work with. And so we want a miracle. When God's saying, listen, you can walk in the blessing if you give me something to work with. Put your hand to the plow. Come on, and I'll bless it. I'll bless your bank account. If you work and tithe, I will bless you. I'll bless you. Give me the 10%, I will bless the 90%. I will see, test me in this. Y'all know it. See if I won't open the windows of heaven. Come on, somebody. Proverbs 13.3 says, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. But he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. Destruction. Proverbs 21, 23, whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. And James 3:10, out of the same mouth comes praisings and cursings. Here's what I like about this is the fact that 
you know, where you are in life, in large part, is up to you. And I think a lot of people, you know, want to blame the president, whichever one of them, or welfare, or their boss, or their job, or the economy. And all of those things may be wrong, corrupt, and whatever. But last time I checked, you're, you are a citizen of where? The kingdom of God. And the economy in this kingdom of God supersedes the economy of this world. The relationships in the kingdom of God supersede the relationships of this world. Come on, somebody. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. Matthew 12, 34, look what it says here. Jesus said, brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? We're going to get into something. We're almost done here. But for out of the abundance of the heart, Jesus said, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the treasure, out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Come on. You can't have good things deposited in you and bring forth evil. I'm about to say something now. Again, I'm trying not to offend you, but it's the word. But neither can you have evil things inside of you speak good. So if you find yourself speaking negative and evil, maybe you need to check what's in you. Maybe I need to check what's in me. Come on. It's not just happenstance. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When you say something, whether you like it or not, you meant to say it. I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, on the surface, you didn't, but it's in there. It's just the evil heart. I'm just saying. Lord, give me a clean heart, a contrite spirit. Look at verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account. Woo! In the day of judgment. That's things that you speak. See, people try to be humble sometimes, and they speak down about themselves. But it doesn't say every word that you speak to someone else and about someone else, you're going to give account for. It says every word out of your mouth. So you speak bad about yourself. you got to realize you're a creation. You belong to God. He bought you. bought me, Lord. Paid the price. I belong to you. And so you're talking about God's creature and God's creation when you talk about yourself. Come on now, God's saying something this morning. And you're going to be judged by the words of your mouth. Look at verse 37. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. <laughs> justified means to be made free or be made acquitted. Condemned means to put, be put in bondage or to be sentenced. You're, you're putting your own self in bondage by the words of your mouth. Therefore, if we're going to answer to the words of our own mouth, I would suggest we take a hard look at what we speak. And if necessary, we need to change our confession. Give me just a few more minutes here because I want to talk just about how to change your confession. One of the issues following uh, this principle of the power of confession is that it, it takes work. That's why people like miracles so much, because we can just sit back, and when there's a catastrophe, oh, God, do a miracle. Work to see. But the power of confession takes work. We got to watch what we say. Air day. Come on. 
in the morning when you get up, you got to watch what you say. When you're at work and your boss says, no, you're not getting a raise. You got to watch what you say. Come on. We got to watch what we say every day. <laughs> Miracles require emotion, but they do require faith. It's true. It's true. But living in the favor of God and under his blessing requires work on our part, primarily taming this tongue. <laughs> the tongue is a small little thing uh, in, our, in our body. But just like the rudder of a ship, come on, James said, it, it guides the whole battleship, aircraft carrier, that rudder on the back turns the whole thing. The tongue shapes and turns your destiny. Here's three things that will change your confession. First of all, the word has to be in you. You're not giving God anything to work with. Come on. You're not giving yourself anything to work with if you don't have the word. Give yourself something to work with. You can't make up stuff to say. His word is true. His word is life. Why not speak that? He, he, by, by his word, you became alive. Come on. He breathed the breath of life into you. His word is life. You can only plant seeds that you have. If you don't have any seeds, all you're going to do is dig a hole. Come on now. I did enough of that in the Army, in basic training. When I was out in the field, I dug holes that meant nothing. I got down in the hole and then had to fill it back up. I can tell you it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it's not that much fun. <laughs> but if you have seed to plant, when you dig a hole, you plant your seed, and then you put that dirt over it, and then you begin to speak, and you water it. Come on. And you see what comes up. The word has to be in you. Luke 6:45. a good man out of the treasure of his heart brings forth good. An evil man out of the treasure, out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Come on. Number two, try this. Exchange scripture for circumstance. In other words, if you have circumstance in your life, I, go ahead, write that down. Home, write that down. I got, I got the doctor said, uh, you know, got pre-diabetes. Write that down on a piece of paper. Then find a scripture that deals with that. By his stripes, you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24, whatever it says. And, and then take this piece of paper, ball it up, and throw it away and begin to speak this piece of paper. So you're not lying. You wrote it down. It's there. Okay. That's in the natural. But now I'm going to counteract it with God's word, with this scripture. Every day begin to say the scripture. Come on. has to be in you, though. Begin to speak. Exchange scripture for your circumstance. Memorize some verses. And every time you think of the circumstance, quote the verse. Come on, this is what, if people don't want to do it because it takes work, then you don't want your life to be better. Okay, come on now. And number three, expect a harvest from your words. Because, see, if you expect a harvest from your words, you're more likely to change your speech. If you don't expect a harvest, if you don't believe it, then you say, well, you'll just say anything. But listen, Ecclesiastes 3, 2 says, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck what is planted. Listen to what Galatians 6, 7, and 9 says. A lot of you know it, but listen to it from the, the New Living Translation. It says, don't be misled. This is God is not mocked. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. Listen to what the New Living, how it puts it. You will always harvest what you plant. You're not going to plant orange tree seeds and harvest watermelon. 
You're always going to harvest. You're not going to plant evil seeds out of your mouth and harvest good. Come on. <laughs> Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. I know this is work. This is different than living miracle to miracle. Let's not get tired of what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. The enemy has attempted to cover up these truths, I believe, that are in Scripture. He's, 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 the enemy is trying to get us just to uh, listen to a, a preacher or li read one scripture and that's it and that's all we're speaking. We have no idea. We haven't dug into it. We don't know what's going on. We just say because it sounds good. Everybody says it. It's a cliche and that's what we do. And God, just like we heard that word this morning, God is saying, I want to take you up higher. Come into me. Let's step forth. Let's, let's press in. Let's do some work. Because if you do a little work, listen, the first thing that God did with man when he set Adam in the Garden of Eden was he gave him a job. That's the first thing. So if you think you're not, it's just that now, now, well, after they sinned, the ground was cursed. So it just became a lot harder. It wasn't a job anymore. It was toil. But now the curse is lifted. It's just a job. Just do your job. Do your job. That's all you got to do. And, and once you begin to do it, you'll find out how easy it is and how much you love it. It won't be like work. It won't be toil. You're going to love it because you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to see that God, is, God loves you and God blesses you. And even when catastrophe comes, you're going to be unshakable. Come on now. You're going to get up and be unshakable, live an unshakable life. Why? Because you have the word of God in you. Listen to this. Listen to this. You may not have ever heard this before. You may not have ever heard this before, but I just want to read it to you. Uh, just take about two, three minutes. You may not have ever heard this. This is from a book called The Bible. And it's, it's from the very first chapter of the very first book. I just want you to pay attention to it. It says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3 says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4 said, and God saw the light, and it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. He called the light day. He called the darkness night. So the evening and morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters. Let it divide the waters from the waters. God called the firmament heaven, so the evening and the morning were the second day. Watch this now. Listen. You might not have heard this before. And then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear, and it was so. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass the herb that yields seed, the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth, and it was so. So the evening and morning were the third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and years, and it was so. He said more. Then God said, oh, make two great lights. Great light to rule the day, lesser light to rule the night. He set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was good. Evening and morning were the fourth day. Then God said, let the waters abound. So God created great sea creatures. 
Every living thing that moves, he created all of it. God saw that it was good. God blessed them. He said, be fruitful and multiply. The evening and morning were the fifth. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping thing, and it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So he created man. God blessed them, said, be fruitful and multiply to them. And uh, he said, it is good. Then God saw everything that he made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and morning were the sixth day. I know you might not have heard Genesis 1-1 before, but one of the things that I pulled out of that is, and God said, and it was so, then 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 he got tricky. Then God said, and it was so, and then God saw it was good. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be like God. He said it was so, but it was God's word. So we just don't say anything. Get into this thing called the Bible. And when you do that, you'll have the word of God in you. And just like God, you'll say, you'll say, you'll say, it'll be so, and then you will see that it is good. It is good. How many know that God is our strength? He is our redeemer. He holds our blessings in his hand, but in order for us to access them, we must say. We must have it in us, and we must say.